You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. Once again, we are joined by Casey Stegman, our Senior Vice President of Strategic Planning. Hey, Casey. Hello, hello. So earlier this year, we tuned into the news and Robinhood was making national headlines, the trading app. So it seemed like every day some stock was making people millionaires overnight. Some people did, in fact, get very rich through day trading. What a wild ride that was. I uh, <laughs> I watched that one from afar, and I got to tell you, I was nervous just following the story, and I wasn't even investing in it. And so essentially, you had a group of message board day traders who gathered together and took on the hedge funds and, and ultimately were victorious, right? You said a lot of really big words in that, so I think we're going to need to back it up for just a second <laughs> and start with the basics. Sure. So to start off with, since... Casey is the one that was in the financial services industry. I think we'll turn to him to kind of help us with some of these questions. So to begin with, Casey, what is day trading? Generally speaking, it is an individual investor who is making short-term trades and trying to capitalize on that to make money. Okay. So before some of these apps came about, like if I was an investor and I wanted to make a trade, what would I have to do? You had a few different avenues that you could explore to make trades online, or you could just call your stockbroker. And a lot of folks had that kind of relationship with their broker where they would call with an idea, want to trade it, and the trade would get executed. So what was like a disadvantage then? Like right now, why wouldn't I just call a stockbroker? Why would I use one of these trading apps? Ease of execution, cost. If I made a trade in years past, would I have to pay yeah. someone to do that? Sure. Yeah. You'd have to pay your broker a commission on that trade, which could get expensive. The more you traded, the more obviously fees that you would be racking up or commissions that you'd be racking up. Those over time, over I'd say the last 20 years or so, those commissions have gone down and down, uh, probably thanks in large part to the online platforms where you could trade for $9.99 per trade or $5.99 per trade. But there was a time where your commission was an actual percentage of that trade or a substantially higher fee. Okay. So um, like hypothetically speaking, let's just turn back the clock a little bit. Let's go back to say, I'm just mm -hmm. saying like 1998, okay? Mm -hmm. Before some of these apps came about. I wanted to say, let's say buy, I guess at that time, Apple. Well, I guess Apple. We'll say I wanted to buy some Apple stock. So I would call my stockbroker and say, hey, I want to buy five shares at Apple. Mm -hmm. Let's just say hypothetically, maybe an Apple share at that time, it wasn't that high, but we'll just say $100 to keep the math easy. So I basically $500 I wanted to buy worth of Apple mm -hmm. share. How much would the commission go to my stockbroker if you just had a rough hit? Probably 5%, 10%. So it'd cost you, you know, between 25 and 50 bucks to okay. make that trade. Yeah. So then coming to today, using an app like Robinhood, how much would it cost me to make that? It, it would be free. Yeah. You have uh -huh. no, okay. No commissions. So that, in essence, is why more and more people... Okay. But then I bet it could be scary at times, too, because someone who really doesn't know that much... I watch the nightly news and say, oh, what's this Robinhood? Oh, I'm going to get on this. Oh, GameStop. Oh, AMC. And then I can just start doing it for free in essence. Yeah. It's an interesting I don't know, place 
we find ourselves in here because, uh, you know, it's with so much information available to just the average everyday investor, you know, that's a positive. The fact that you can make multiple trades for free in very short order, these are all positives. There are more resources available to do research for those that want to do the fundamental research. But at the same time, you're up against more disadvantages than ever, which I know we'll talk about here in a little while. But it's a little bit of a, a complex situation right now because, again, it's, I, I would argue it's easier and cheaper for somebody to trade stocks, but it doesn't make it easier. So what I'm gathering is a, a major reason why day trading has been talked about so much is because it's made some people a lot of money. Maybe that's from saving money on commissions. Maybe it's from, you know, making the right strategic decision. Sure. There was a story that I read shortly after this, that two brothers, they invested, it was something like a thousand dollars into cryptocurrency. And then three months later, those coins were worth more than $9 million. So yeah, that definitely made headlines. That's a pretty good return there. I think I would take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, is day trading in essence kind of like a form of gambling? Uh, I think very much so, yes. Okay, okay. Can we almost look at day trading in a way of, you know, like frat boy gambling? Kind of like a society. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like when lower income population cities, they go and buy lottery tickets. It's like, oh, we make fun of that. Oh, you're just, you're blowing your money. You're going and trying to win that scratch off. But in essence, it's almost like day trading is this cool thing and like, oh, so sophisticated, but yet it's kind of really the same thing it sounds like. Yeah, no, it, uh, very much. And, and, you know, I think the whole reason we're talking about day trading right now is it's a culmination of a couple of different things. You know, day trading was a thing many years ago, and then it kind of just petered out and, and nobody really did it. And then, you know, over the last, I would call it 18 months that we've uh, found ourselves at home a lot more, more time on our hands and, you know, through stimulus checks and everything else money in our, in our bank accounts and a lot of time on our hands with, uh, with a lot of folks not working put the internet and message boards or Reddit in this case into the equation and you've got all these people talking about it and it's just become kind of a fad, if you will. And, you know, so I think if you, you put all those things together, that's why we're even talking about it. Mm -hmm. I, I would venture a guess that a year from now, you know, day trading won't be as much of a thing as it is right now. I think it's more of a, just kind of a short-term fad as it's resulted from this pandemic. Sure. And, you know, we mentioned the story of someone, you know, winning a lot in it. And I think that's what we hear. And actually I just mentioned buying lottery tickets is probably a waste of money. I actually had a friend in Florida that won a million dollars in the lottery. So he worked at a golf club and, you know, the pool of, of employees there every week, they would buy a lottery ticket and something like, I think 30 employees. And it was, the lottery was up to something like 35 million or whatever. And they won. So he walked away with a million dollars. So it's one of those things. And I mean, he was, I mean, to go to his house, actually we're visiting with them later on this week. And uh, so you can, but I think I can look at day trading the same way that, yeah, you can, but we only really hear the stories most of the time of those people that win, right? We don't hear those stories a lot of those people that have lost a lot or that it's wrecked their lives. So then that begs the question, should you have FOMO? Stay tuned when we get back the downside to day trading. So thinking about quitting your job and becoming a day trader? I would say no. 
Uh, I would say that's a very bad idea. You know, you may see the headlines where people are making a million dollars overnight and, and all these people are having all this success. But just keep in mind that for every winner in a trade, there's a loser. It's a zero-sum game, and, and uh, it's a hard, hard thing to do. So in my previous life, I was on the institutional side of capital placements or private placements. I'll spare you all the boring details, but suffice it to say, I spent a lot of time meeting with institutional investors, hedge fund managers, the same guys that run the American funds and all the names you see, the Fidelity guys. And, and one thing became very evident to me throughout that career, and that is that the institutions have a huge advantage over the individual. They have unlimited resources. They have access to management. They have, in a lot of cases, they get their stock at a discount because they buy it in such bulk that they may buy it at a discount to market. And so they're, they're just all these that are perfectly legal. And there's a reason, you know, why institutions have such success, but the individual doesn't have any of those resources. They don't have any of those advantages and keep in mind, Ultimately, it's you versus the institution in a zero-sum game. Whose odds do you like better? So I think that's something for everybody to keep in mind because it's a very, very tough game. So I have to say, as an elementary ed major, a lot of what you just said is very, very complicated and over my head. <laughs> so really, I think to, to sum it up, don't day trade. I mean, like, honestly, for well, me, it sounds fun. Yeah. And yes, when you watch the news, it's like, oh, wow, it, it just sounds very interesting and, and learning all that. But kind of like Vegas, there's a reason the casinos are very big and you get free drinks and free food. It's not free. You're paying for it in some way. And yes, I guess some people we read in the headlines, some people do win. I'm yeah. sure many, many more lose. I wouldn't necessarily say don't day trade. I would say um, tread carefully. Uh, I think it's like anything else in life uh, with moderation and, and good judgment. There are a lot of people that have fun with it. It's a, an interesting, can be a, a really fun hobby, but I think you just have to be very careful and you have to be able to have that money. You almost treat it like a trip to Vegas. You have to have that the money to lose. And if you lose it, it's not going to change your life. It's not going to change your day, your hour, or what have you. So, so not no, I wouldn't say don't day trade. I would just say set expectations and make sure that you can afford to do it uh, and then go have a ball with it. Yeah. So don't pretend that like Robinhood app is my 401k. Yeah, basically. I would not do that. Okay. I would not do that. That would be a bad idea. Surprisingly, though, I hear of a lot of people who say, oh, well, that's just my piddle money and I'll use whatever I make to go on vacation. And I think there are a lot of people that they take that and they apply that rationale to maybe that's their 401k, that's their retirement, they save that for a rainy day, that becomes their emergency fund, and they think, oh, if that ever happens, I'll just pull it out. But then, you know, maybe it's not where you want it to be. Right. And I think, you know, just it. listening to, to Casey on it, that's the problem. Um, it, it's kind of like any bubble that we see. It's like, okay, this person can do it. And a lot of these people are just average people, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I know some of them on the Reddit user and the board, they were a little more, they had more knowledge than the average person. But to a degree, it's almost like, hey, I can see this person do it. Why can't I do it? And I think that's where a lot of times we get into trouble if that's, we're depending on that. So I do understand what you're saying. It'd like, be like me going to buy scratch-offs. That's not going to be my retirement account. If I have some extra money, instead of doing something, instead of buying a latte or whatever, I go buy scratch-offs, that's fine. But I'm not going to count on that paying my bills this month for sure. Yeah, I would not. Uh, I would treat it as entertainment, not necessarily as an investment strategy. And I would tell you that, you know, the, the guys on Reddit, there were one or two or three kind of ringleaders there that really knew what they were doing. And then everybody else was just kind of along along for the ride. And, and a lot of people got very lucky. So, you know, that's... Uh, 
credit to them and, and good on them. But there were also several who jumped in at the wrong time and lost a lot of money. So right. yeah, cautionary tale for sure. So basically for the typical person, day trading is not that much more different than gambling. No, no, not at all. So some things that sound too good to be true probably are. And day trading is no different. While day trading and cryptocurrencies are definitely the hot topic right now, these big bubbles are nothing new. We'll go over some history when we get back. Since I am a former teacher, we're going to kind of have a little history lesson here, right? So we've seen all types of crazy markets, cryptocurrency, short sold stocks today. But in the past, it's been all sorts of things, even flowers. <laughs> yeah. So it, it seems like, um, you know, while the instruments or the objects that we're trading and or speculating on continue to change and evolve. The game of trading and speculating is, is really the same as it always has been. In fact, dating all the way back to the early 1600s, I don't know how many people know this, but uh, I'm holding up air quotes here, but tulip mania spread across Holland and ultimately a, a single tulip bulb could be worth as much as 4,000 to almost 5,500 florins. In today's dollars, by the way, that would be about $750,000. So for, for those bulb. of you that don't know what florins are, for a bulb, for a tulip. And the demand, and it just got so out of control that they actually had to establish a market for tulips to trade. Again, it goes all the way back, talking tulips to oil and, and some of the things that we're talking about in modern day times. But it's the, the game is the same as it's always been. Okay, so then how did the story end? Well, like they all end, which is essentially you had more and more people coming into the market trying to turn a quick profit, trying to make a quick buck, to the extent that they were you know, taking out lines of credit to buy tulip bulbs. And, uh, and then ultimately, the market crashed and the bubble burst, just like they all do. And what you ended up having is a handful of folks who were on the cutting edge of the trend who sort of started this thing out and, uh, you know, made a ton of money. And then you had the vast majority of people who jumped in on the speculation who ended up uh, losing it all. So it's, uh, it's what happens in bubbles, as we know, and, and, uh, and as modern history has showed us as well. So there goes my retirement because like every spring, my mom has tulips come up and I just, I was looking at them and I'm like 750,000, 1.5 million, 2 million. They're not worth that much anymore. Just, just don't tell the county appraiser. Okay. That okay. You got $3 million in tulips yeah. in the front yard. Mom may be moving out. <laughs> no, just kidding. But no, she does plant tulips every year and they do look, I mean, I don't think I'd ever pay $750,000 for them, but yeah, they, they do look pretty in the spring. I have but to it just goes to show how silly some of these things really are when you break it down. I mean, like in my generation, beanie babies were the big thing. And it wasn't just that you had to have the newest stuffed animal, but you had to have the plastic tag because we couldn't tear or rip the tie tag. And you had to get the newest one. Like I remember when Princess Diana passed away, they had a Princess Diana bear. And that one came in a glass box of all things. It it's just, it's amazing. And people kept saying, you have to take care of these. As a kid, you want to play with them. You want to, they're a stuffed animal, but you really couldn't do that. You had to put them on display and take care of them because in the future, they were going to be these big, huge, profitable money-making machines. Sure. And I think we can kind of look at that through all generations of like that popular product. And I, I think it's interesting talking about Beanie Babies, right? You just wanted to play with them as a child, but then who gets involved? 
the adults, right? And then we're so greedy as adults, we want to make money. My generation, it was about baseball cards. I love having baseball cards, trading them, collecting my favorite player and open that pack. But then what happened? Oh, people saw potential money, older people. So then they got involved and then it, it kind of just changed it. So we do talk about things that are kind of fun. I mean, we joke about the tulips and beanie babies and baseball cards, but speculating on things can really have some serious consequences. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things in play here. You've got, just touched on it, Danny, greed. You've got speculation. And ultimately, you've got the supply and demand basic economic principles here where uh, if there's limited supply of something and a lot of people want it, guess what? Prices are going to go up. And so what happens in these instances that people see these trends, they want to get out ahead of them, they want to capitalize on them, and they get involved through speculation. And, and, uh, and, and then what you end up having here is people who really have no impact uh, or involvement in a certain industry, i.e. Beanie Babies, or in, in some cases, you know, the mortgage industry, speculators on oil and gas, you know, speculation began in business, which is people needed to have some, uh, I guess, visibility in their commodities pricing to run their business. They needed to know how much they were going to need to spend to get goods and services to make their products or what have you. And so there was a real purpose behind these futures contracts and, and, and really speculation followed. And so what you had there and then started this trend of people who had no involvement or no interest in a specific industry who were purely gambling, trying to take advantage of, of that uh, arbitrage or make money on that situation. So uh, it's a long-winded way of saying that it doesn't matter if it's Beanie Babies, if it's pork bellies, oil and gas, or mortgages. Whenever a market is created, speculation is going to follow. And, and ultimately, you know, you've seen how that ends. Sure. So, I mean, really, to kind of sum up the episode, can you make money day trading or on other speculative investments? Yes, definitely you can. But will you? Probably not. My advice to leave everybody uh, with would be, yes, the, the speculation, uh, trading, all of those things, leave it to the pros. Uh, if you have, uh, you know, if it's an interesting hobby to you and you want to do it, great. But uh, otherwise, leave the, leave the uh, speculation to the, uh, to the big boys. Okay, so we're not going to say then never do day trading because it can be fun and yes, you can probably make some money, but the money that you would use to day trade shouldn't be money that you would want to depend on to pay your bills or to save for the future. So similar to gambling, maybe we save that for fun and, and for something with extra money we've set aside, not for a way to make things work in the future. Right. They say, if you can go to Disney World, you should be able to take $100 and every day and throw it in the garbage can. Right. Because, you know, the prices are inflated. And that's kind of the same way I look at the speculative investments. Like, you know, I'm not borrowing retirement money to take my kids to Disney World. And I think the same thing holds true with any of these types of trades. Don't bank on it. If it happens, hey, that's great. Good for you. But more than likely, it's not going to. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Casey, Danny, thank you so much for chatting with us today. And thank you everyone for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.